This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras on 680 CJOB. Well, I would say I, I, I think we're a better team today with, uh, uh, with Alex Dabrinkat in the lineup. I hope all the changes we've made, um, additions we've made to the roster, uh, make us a more competitive team. Stevie Y. Steven Yasserman, general manager of the Detroit Red Wings. Stevie Genius. Uh, Stevie Genius acquiring Alex Dabrinkat uh, from the Ottawa Senators um, for forward Dominic uh Kublik. 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 You know what? I said it like 12 times. Dominic Kublik, uh, prospect defenseman Donovan Sabrango, which I'm probably mispronouncing as well, uh, which totally kills my credibility. Uh, Conditional 2024 first-round draft pick and Detroit's 2024 fourth-round selection uh, for Alex Dabrinkett. Um, This is interesting, and you know what? There's only one person to bring on in this this radio station. Ross Levitan, co-host of Locked On. Senators podcast. Ross, the boss. Ross, how you doing? I'm doing well, fellas. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. always a pleasure. Now, before we get into this, it's our pleasure. This is from uh, Bruce Garriock. I know he's a friend of yours. Uh, speaking to Detroit, actually, also from Portage of Prairie, Portage of Prairie's own Bruce uh, Garriock. Speaking to Detroit reporters this morning, Alex DeBrinket said he had no intention of signing in Ottawa. Uh, this is my favorite quote. Like, this is such a great quote. We spent a year there, and we didn't really have enough time to think about signing long term there. I think they were probably, I think there were probably better fits uh, for me. But you know what's incredible about it is it takes him an entire year to think: Am I going to sign here long term? I don't know. Uh, but he's able to come to terms with Stephen Yarsman and the Detroit Red Wings over what looked like a, a weekend, maybe even a shorter amount of time. That's like you this morning saying, we're going to talk the Debrinkat trade. And then when we come to air, I go, ah, give me some time to think about it. <laughs> so I took him a year and he didn't know. I mean, it was like I really didn't have time to think about it. He was too busy, or, or, Ross. Did they put him up in the Fairmont in Ottawa? Like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> couldn't get enough sleep, couldn't think about it. Yeah. Oh, my God, those paper-thin walls, I guess. I don't know. I mean, he was never asked to, for a trade out of Chicago in the first place, right? So he didn't know the Senators anything. The Ottawa took a swing, and something we talked about on Locked on 10s is, like, would you take that gamble again? And the answer is yes. They had a chance to improve their top six. They needed that. Bo Drew's on record the next week saying, hey, if they don't go out and get Alex to bring it or show that they were serious about taking another step, he may not have come. And again, it's a situation where Ottawa got Giroud to come home. Now to it's coming home to, uh, to his. What really surprised me is the contract he signed. Like he ends up, he got offered eight by eight or more from Ottawa. And he decides, you know what? He'll try to be free agent at 29. So uh, it's still a swing I'd like to take, but uh, obviously it didn't work out. To bring it struggled last year. There's no doubt the fact that Josh Norris was out of the lineup for a lot of the year uh, impacted his season. But 27 goals, only 12 goals at even strength. I mean, I mean, Kubelik had 12 goals at even strength last year, and he's a part of the package coming back. So uh, unfortunate that it didn't work out, but still a, a swing that they didn't give up any prospects. Obviously, seventh overall pick has a ton of value. They ended up putting in that trade, but. Uh, if you rewind it 12 months, I still make the trade. But, yeah, it looks real good for Detroit today. Uh, how, how do you feel about a trade within the division? Oh, I don't care about that. You know what? It's actually come, it, it's actually come and bite the Sens a lot in, the, in previous days with goalies, especially Ben Bishop and Robin Leonard. But uh, 
Yeah, I don't really mind the division thing. The biggest problem with the Detroit Red Wings is they're a soft team. Ottawa bullied them last year twice in a row, 6-1, 5-1, and just ran them out of the building. And Dabrinkit's not going to add a whole lot of that uh, to the mix. So uh, from that standpoint, it doesn't really bother me at all. I still think Ottawa and Buffalo, by the way, is the team that I'm more so worried about taking a step. Red Wings, their forward core starting to mold. they got a ton of great prospects, but that decor, I mean, yeah. that's – that's pretty tough to look at. I still think Detroit, and I think Steve Eisman will probably tell you the same if, if he gave him some honest juice. That You know what? They're probably a year or two away, but they're able to bring a guy home who's 25 years old and wants to be there. He's wearing a Detroit Pistons hat and his media availability. So, uh, obviously, he's just happy to be home, and it's hard to blame him for that, but at the same time, you look at the production in Ottawa, and I think Sens fans almost said good riddance with you, and, and hopefully that uh, – the return of Josh Norris and his goal-scoring prowess can kind of fill in that void that was left with uh, Dabrinkit on the way out. So I think that no matter what they got for this, because it had to be done given the circumstances around Dabrinkit, and I'm a big Dabrinkit fan. I don't care what his numbers were last year. I think this guy's a natural goal scorer, and he's already got a a resume with a 40-goal season on it. Uh, The best is yet to come from him. But are are the Senators better? Like, is this a good trade? Like, we look at the Dubois trade, and so many people at the draft said, well, I don't know if I could have got that. That's a pretty good uh, return. Uh, What do you make of the return, the trade itself? What does this do for the Senators? Yeah, well, first it gives them some flexibility. They almost painted themselves into a corner because they couldn't even afford to bring its contract on a 15% rollback. They filed for team-issued arbitration with them. That would have been 7.7, give or take. So um, they only had... Uh, 7.1 and still have Shane Pinto to sign. So with Kubelik coming in here, he's not going to produce the same. There's no question as Alex Dabrinkit. I still think he's probably good for the 20 goals he scored this year, maybe even improving a little bit if he gets to play you know, legit top six role. The draft pick's great. I, I think where Iserman gets the, the decisive win on this trade is getting to choose which first-round pick because they obviously have Boston's from the Tyler Bertuzzi trade last year. Mm-hmm. So they get to give away the lower of the two first-round picks. That's disappointing to me as an Ottawa fan. Donovan Sabrango, by the way, Cam, absolutely nailed the pronunciation on that one. He's actually yeah, he's an Ottawa boy. So uh, another kind of return-home situation. He's 21 and was a part of the whole OHL COVID shutdown year. So he had to jump into pro hockey as an 18-year-old, played World Juniors, top pair, wore a letter for them. So I think he's more of a depth defenseman. So if you're comparing it with the Dubois trade, I mean, it's, it's a no-brainer that the Dubois trade was a home run. This one, I say maybe an infield single. Maybe you can leg it out if Kubelik has, uh, has a really good year. He's a UFA after this season. So if he does, he'll be due for a raise. But Ottawa will have $5 million plus coming off their dead money after this year. They're still paying Bobby Ryan. They're still paying... Uh, Matt Murray this year so a lot of that money is going to go to Jake Sanderson but uh, yeah I think all in all the return it's it's not like the worst but it is underwhelming based on the fact Ottawa gave up the seventh overall pick and a second rounder and a third rounder next year uh, for the same player less than 12 months ago now is it all worth it if the rumors are true that the Ottawa Senators are in on a one Vladimir Tarasenko. And one of the reasons as to why this move was made by the Ottawa Senators when it was made was to open up the, the door to perhaps uh, Tarasenko becoming an Ottawa Senator. Well, you know me. I've got my tinfoil hat strapped on real tight, but I just don't see how it works. $5 million in cap. We just saw Noah Cates with the Flyers get $2.65 million seems to me like he's a comparable for Shane Pinto who scored 20 goals as a rookie last year. Funny enough, Shane Pinto had 15 five-on-five goals to bring it at 12. 
last year. That just kind of shows you what a down year it was for Debrinket, who probably rang more posts than he found the back of the net. Still a great player. I'm not trying to discount it, but 12 even strength goals. Funny enough, the record, the Sens record when Debrinket scored was 21-2. and two. So when he scored, they won games. He scores in five more games, they probably make playoffs. So I think when you look at, at, at what is left for the Senators to do, if they are going to sign Tarasenko, and I saw uh, our friend Bruce Garriott did mention they are interested, I just don't know how they're going to make the money work unless a guy like Eric Branstrom or Matthew Joseph, guys who are making two, $3 million, are on the way out because really there's not a whole lot of room left. And I know it's foreign territory for me as a guy who follows the Senators to even care about the cap. Usually they were so far under. It's like, how are we going to reach the floor? Mm. Now it's, it's like we got to pinch pennies here to fit everybody in. It's interesting, too, how this affects the rest of the league. All the names we're talking about, what the Brinkat got, um, what everybody else is getting, the money just isn't there. And it brings us back to the Jets, and, and I think the Senators were interested in Connor Hellebuck before they got Corpusalo to a, a very friendly $4 million per year contract. Um, it, it speaks to, I'm wondering what Debrinkat signed for is, is what Tarasenko is having issues with and fired his agents and then come to the Jets Connor Hellebuck deserves $9 million a year. It's just not there. It's not out there it right now. It doesn't exist at this point, no. Unless, no, unless you want to go to Anaheim. You can go to Anaheim and make nine and a half. But that's what I mean. <laughs> but, like but, it's, but he's not going there, so that's that's the end of it. So, know? And I'm wondering, like much like this situation with the Brinkat, um, you have to find a partner that the three- to four-year deal, uh, even two or the Bertuzzi one-year deal in Toronto might be the future of some of these guys that are high-end players. Yeah, I mean, Tarasenko especially, like the numbers were dipped a little bit last year. He obviously had that change of scenery going to New York, but he's like a year removed from being over a point-per-game player. He's got a Stanley Cup on his resume. He's a great playoff performer, almost a point-per-game. But if the rumors are true, and, and wake me up if you've heard this before, that the cap is going to go up next year, you think a lot of these guys, Max Domi included in Toronto, took kind of a, a lower uh, salary to be a one-year deal. I think a lot of guys are positioning themselves where they think they can succeed the most to cash mm-hmm. in next year. Because if it does go up three, four million dollars, all of a sudden, and not a math guy, but around the league, that's a lot, a lot of millions to go around. And I think that uh, next year's free agent class, I mean, even beyond the the guys we mentioned who signed one year's deals, like this could be a huge, and obviously a bunch of guys sign, re-signed during the season. But uh, next next summer could be a really fun one around the league with player movement and. I, I don't know what your take is on this, but I'm glued to the NBA offseason because all these big names are moving around. It feels like the NHL could kind of hog a few more headlines if they do have that. So I'm curious with next year. Again, it's the big if of if the salary cap does go up. But if I'm Tarasenko, I'm looking at Carolina, which is the other team that's rumored. I'm saying, hey, look, I could play in a top six role on a team that's been consistently a playoff contender in the last five years. If I'm Tarasenko, it's a no-brainer that I'm going to Carolina unless someone throws ridiculous term or ridiculous money my way. I'm going to talk I'm, about that next. I'm 100%, I'm 100% with you on that. Uh, you know, I, I, I just think Carolina, I mean, I can understand why I'd be upset because if the rumors are and the reports are that it was about five and a half, well, last season he made seven and a half. And so it's like I, I'm, I'm getting older. This is when I'm supposed to be cashing in. It just speaks and I'm to getting two million dollars less. It just speaks to they'll spend money on a 24 year old Pierre Luc Dubois because he's 24. Yeah, but yeah. when you're 28, 29, 30, to give you seven, eight million dollars over five, six years is the league's getting younger, Jim. It is Ross. It's getting younger, I and mean, this is just where the things are going. Just like this radio game. That's why you and Ross are thriving. It's a young man's <laughs> oh, game. Yeah, Come yeah. on, young yeah. man's game. 
No, no, or, you need a good veteran presence. And actually, like you talked about who the Senators could bring in, like I'm, I'm screaming from the mountaintops, like, like the Jets did last year with Sam Gagne, just that kind of, you know, plug-and-play player who can go all around your lineup. I use Tyler Ennis' name as a fun guy, too, or Derek Broussard was that guy for Ottawa last year. Of course, he suffered that unfortunate season-ending injury, but I just don't think you can have enough of those depth guys. And they're the ones who you don't have to give term to, and usually they'll come in on a cheap one-year deal or even take a PTO. So I think that's probably the smarter money. But, man, obviously you love when your team makes splashes, so I wouldn't mind yeah. if, uh, if they do chase down Tarasenko. But, yeah, even just a bigger conversation of it and, and the landscape of the league and how you can allocate your money, it's fascinating. And I think now that it's like the third year in a row that the cap really hasn't, going, hasn't gone up, you're seeing teams squeeze out. And the less players that are involved in bidding on these players – the last that they'll ultimately make. Yeah, and I, and I think the, the league is going in the ways of the of the Tim Stutzlas and the and the Hughes and stuff like that, where they're they're going to be given long term uh, at what when a player isn't worth it, but they're going to bank that you know your second year contract will become your big big contract. Yeah, and then the, not and then your like Stutzlas, twenty one years old. Um, he's going to be coming, uh, you know, a UFA. What in in, in seven years? Years thirty one. Yeah, so he'll Eight be twenty nine. Eight years. He hasn't oh, played sorry. a game yet oh. on his uh, on his new contract. Oh. Uh, talk about talk about firing your agent. I mean, whoever let him sign that contract at eight point three five annually, kicking in this year before having a ninety point season. I mean, somebody should be seeing their walking papers with that one. <laughs> Ross Levitan, co-host of Locked On Senators podcast, also uh, uh, anchor extraordinaire here on, on 680 CGOB Reporter. Ross, thanks a lot. You take care, okay? Hey, I'll be in at 4 a.m. tomorrow, fellas, so I'll see you bright and early. I'll be here. All right, somebody will, not me. You can watch the sunset. You know, I, I saw a video one time, and it said, thanks, you know what? Wake up, at least, see, Ross, wake up at least once in your life and watch the sunset. Watch the sunrise. Wake up a little early. Check out the colors. And I'm like, I do that every day, and it's I've, not all it's cracked up to be. Yeah, I've done the opposite. I just wait for it to come up and then call her a night. Well, that's how you, well, that's how you operate. That's how you see the sunrise. <laughs> Who gets up to see it? I mean, it? it means to be like, wake up early, you know, have a cup of coffee, and just sit there and watch. See the no, sunrise. Yeah, it's not usually how it and happens. And then go, man, am I tired? I'm going back to bed. Coffee's not usually the beverage in hand when that, no. when that usually happens. Let's take a break. On the other side, we'll get into this. Uh, we'll, we'll dig in a little bit further. Um, on this ongoing situation in the National Hockey League, the latest on on salary numbers for the Winnipeg Jets, all that as well as the NBA in-season tournament. Ross Levitan talking about uh, the NBA. I want to talk about this in-season tournament. Is this something the NHL uh, should look at? We'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Thank you very much, Skylar Peters. Appreciate it. Did you see that video of uh, Victor Wembanyama and his uh, staff uh, apparently uh, getting into the situation with Britney Spears? Britney Spears isn't good enough. Well, she apparently hit herself in the face with her hand, and there was like, like it's, it's actually been investigated. And it was like a it was like a light shove, or like a excuse me from the security guy. Yeah. Well, he yeah. he back slapped, but wasn't looking, so he's just waving his arm essentially. Yeah. So he so and that, then she hit herself in the face. Yeah. And she's, why is, why like, are you running after him anyway? That's kind of weird. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm, I'm watching this as well. He's, her, he's, her he's, like, he's like eight feet tall. Like yeah. He stands out in a crowd. Like If you're Britney Freak and Spears, I feel like you could say maybe not because maybe these athletes, and, like, and when be honest, just getting to the U.S. and all this, of course, but um, like if you're Britney Spears, I'd be like, hey, Cam. And like maybe 
Cam would turn around, and then you see, oh, it's Britney Spears. Well, somebody yeah. filmed like, it. I might as stop. she was running by and said, "That's Britney Spears," and that's why they were filming it. Right. But here's the other thing. This reminds me of a clip I saw on Instagram. I just started following Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and forgive me, I forget the other actor from Will and Grace. Do a podcast, and they took it on tour, and it's a show now. Yeah, yeah. And they sit down with guests in every city and do a roundtable podcast panel. And Kevin yeah. Hart was on there. Yeah, like the and, and the the and <laughs> like the, the the show like the what what is it? But like the thing that grabs you in is that one of them picks somebody and the other two don't know yeah. who's going to be there. And oh, then that's it's, cool. And then it's kind of just and like it's a always like famous people from whatever city they're in. Yeah, yeah. And so Kevin Hart was on one. And forgive me, I forget the guy's name, but the actor from Will and Grace says to Kevin Hart, "Hey, I saw you on Shark Tank, and I thought you were great." And he's like. Oh, I appreciate that. And Jason Bateman goes, wait a minute, wait a minute. Were you pitching or were you on that? And Kevin Hart looks at him and goes, what? And everybody goes, what? And he goes, were you, did you have a pitch for them? And he's like, I'm Kevin Hart. <laughs> and they, they, all start, they all start laughing. And, and Jason Bateman goes, well, no, wait a minute. If I wanted to invent the new Swiffer, I'm not going to pay for that. I want Mark Cuban to pay for that. And then Kevin Hart goes, well, that's because you're dumb. You can just call <laughs> Mark Cuban. You don't have to go pitch on Shark Tank. You're Jason yeah, Bateman. You have his yeah. number. And this it, it totally reminded me of this incident. What are you doing, Britney Spears? You can just have somebody contact him. Yeah. On behalf of you, you don't have to run after an NBA well, she's player like a and try fan. to grab them. You, you just go, hey, I'd like to... Like, this all happened very organically, right? Like, she must have just ran in, in the rich people hotels that I, like, can't even go within five blocks of. Like, I'm sure she maybe saw him in the lobby. And then influence kind of takes over, right? Like, you're like, oh, it's Victor But Wemby. I just yeah. was she laughing because I'm like, be Britney Spears to... has people that could go, hey, yeah. NBA player, Britney Spears wants to She's talk still... to you, have a coffee, whatever. Yeah. Britney is still much more famous than Victor Wembanyama. That at might this, change. At, th at this point, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. So, it might be different. In, it is, is, yeah, just a very bizarre situation. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, I'm glad it all worked out. Did were, it? were you on Shark Tank <laughs> pitching? I'm Kevin Hart. I'm I don't glad. Have to, if I have an idea, I just call somebody. I'm, I'm, I'm worth just, like 400 million. I'm just glad everything worked out. <laughs> thanks, anyway, thanks, thanks for indulging us there. Um, I can't believe we're talking about well, that. That's Summer League in the NBA. And that's what kind well, of this, this is where this, it comes, this yeah. is where this conversation comes from. Because there was talk in the National Hockey League, oh, should the National Hockey League do a, a summer league with its rookies? I don't think so. I think this development camp here in town was a huge success, going to Vegas or wherever it is. Um, I think it kind of takes away from it. and I think it's better to bring the players in, get them to know the community. Go, they went to a Gold Eyes game, yeah. uh, go to a... Uh, you know, an escape room and, and have some fun in town, get to know each other, get to understand the, the, the city and all that sort of like the, the practice facility. These are important things. And right. if you're and if you're going off somewhere for a spring league like the NBA does in Vegas or wherever, I think you lose a lot of what you're trying to gain. Right. You can build chemistry here. You don't need to have it and charge well, for it's, tickets. It's right? interesting because like a lot of guys go to Vegas, like Steph Curry's in attendance and a lot of guys go to Vegas and watch these rookies play in this tournament and mm -hmm. stuff. And I, I just don't see um, NHL players doing that. Like, say you yeah. have it in Vegas or you have it in wherever, um, like Tahoe. I don't see a bunch of NHL players flying in to watch rookies play in a tournament. Like, it's a different <laughs> yeah, culture, totally. right? It, it, there would and be they, very. They few. could have some golf events in and around it, but I, the problem I have with this cam is I think the season's too long to begin with. Mm -hmm. It should not be ever going into June. This year they waited a total seven days, I think, to start the final. 
this season, they need to start having training camps the first, the September long weekend. That's when they need to start. They need to start this season by the third week of September. And they need to be done by the third week in May. Mm -hmm. And if not sooner, you don't have to drag it out to May. Or you don't have to wait a week and a half to get the Stanley Cup final in because both conference finals were sweeps. Just have it in a reasonable amount of time. I know there's building availabilities and NBA playoffs and all this. But to sort of amp it up again, because it's just too long. We went into June, and then days later we had the draft. And then days later, we have free agency. No, there needs to be a way to, they have to shrink the amount of time that the Stanley Cup final actually takes place. Plus, these guys need to work out. These guys need to have some downtime, and they need to get, get working Look out. Look at the and, Panthers. They're beaten. To, they're they're going to struggle to make the playoffs next year because of how beaten up they are. From uh, you know, Gabriel like- Landisglog is not going to play again. Kerry Price won't play another game. Um, uh, Shea Weber has never hit the ice again. Yeah, I like I like the Young Stars tournament during, prior to training camp. I don't mind that. I think yeah. I think to have like an NBA rookie camp that's going on now. I think it's too much. It's too much. Look, we all love hockey, and I know people would watch it. Through, I'm not one of those guys. I'm not, I, no, I think no, you need a break. I think you need an off season. I think you need to to be missing something to make it amp up again. You need ice to play. Well, I guess technically, well, you always do, but. I mean, this is a place where it's like, listen, it's it's summer. I mean, Canadians and the people in the, in the northern, you know, the northern parts of the United States. Uh, so you know, it's difficult to think about hockey uh, when you're out at the lake or the sun sun shining and stuff like that. People want to go. They want to do other things. We should. It's it's the reason why the the NHL playoffs uh, viewership by each round goes down, yeah. especially in Canada. And it just there's the first round, and whether your team's in it or not, you're amped up for the playoffs. And either that, if your team gets knocked out or they don't, it just it, it's ridiculous in June when it's 28 above to expect people to sit inside and watch a hockey game on TV. Totally. And I don't I don't know why the league doesn't get that. It needs to. They need they, the the time frame needs to shorten. They extended it, Jim. I mean, we can ask Jim, our listeners did. right now. We just had development camp. Would you right now in the third week of July be watching a NHL rookie camp where all these rookies come into Winnipeg and do their development camp, and then today they're in some city playing other NHL rookies? Yeah. Would you watch that right now? Well, and Jim, the thing is, Jim is they they've extended it because now it's going an extra whatever it is ten days. And it doesn't end until I mean the playoff the, the season doesn't end until April eighteenth this upcoming yeah. this upcoming. And what are year. you really learning from this NBA rookie tournament? Like I hear that oh so and so the number overall pick I get him the guy that Britney Spears was he's chasing. He's doing great. He's doing great. Well, yeah, he should. And if he does awful, do I think he's going to be an awful NBA player? No. I just I I good for the NBA. It works for them. I don't think it works in the National Hockey. Here was another thing that the NBA announced. Okay, the NBA Cup. So. It's going to feature. It's a. It's an in-season tournament. It's going to feature all thirty teams. The event will consist of sixty-seven games, all of which will count against a team's regular season record. There's semifinals and finals um, that are going to take place in in Las Vegas. The top four teams are going to go to Vegas for two games. Now, what's going to happen is you're going to have round robin group play split into three five team groups. Seeding is going to be based on last year's records, and then it will progress to single elimination for the final eight teams in the quarterfinals, semifinals, and the final. There's $18 million in prize money, and the 22 teams that don't make the quarterfinals will be scheduled to play games on off nights of the tournament. After group play is completed, all teams will still play 82 regular season games. 
What do you think about the in-season tournament, Jim? And I will say this. It's going to take five years. There's going to be naysayers. This is my opinion. A few teams from a few different markets are going to win. This thing is going to take off. And I think it's going to be a massive success. It's going to be something in the middle of the season. A trophy is going to be handed out. Uh, it's still counting against the regular season. And and I think that this is something that's going to be a huge hit for the NBA. And I think the NHL is going to watch us very closely and they're going to look to implement something uh, uh, after a while. Cause the N- NHL would never trailblaze something like I this. I hate this idea. I don't know why you hate it. What does it, so you just get a mid-season championship See, tournament that means nothing other than improving it doesn't yourself mean nothing. in the standings? No, it doesn't mean anything. It, it, it will mean something. This is just like the in the in 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 golf, with the Ryder Cup just showed up. This is stupid. What states versus Europe? It's when it when it just gets going and when it just starts, it seems like well this is just a distraction. But we, but you have to look five ten years down the road, and all of a sudden the Ryder Cup is huge, or the PGA Championship. Yeah, is Yeah, but huge. that's because they don't have a playoffs. They don't have four rounds of playoffs in in PGA. You so can this have is the only the time middle. you get to see that. You have the NBA playoffs for no. this. See, I think this is going to be something that's good. I think the NHL should do something very similar. I I disagree. I, I think the NHL should do something with the Canadian. They should go teams. to the Olympics, is what they should do. Oh, I agree with that. They should have a World Cup of hockey. World, I mean, not the World Championships, yeah. but one where. But I think I, I think the best Canadians and the best Americans should have a summit series every year, every three years. I think that should happen. See, this is the kind of stuff that the NHL needs to start doing. Why couldn't you have every season all seven teams compete in a round-robin tournament and it all accumulate into a Memorial Cup-style final where the top, in that 17-round robin, you have the two and three seed play a semifinal and the number one seed goes right to the final. And then you hand out a Canadian championship. I think Canadians and hockey fans mid-season would be very excited about that. And yeah, you'd have a little, it would be slow the first couple of years, but then you get building your, oh my goodness, my team's in the final in this. It would end up, it would eventually become something very successful. That's my thought. So you're going to play this whole tournament in the hopes of moving up the standings two spots. And then you're going to continue the regular season? No, because you're going to be, you're going to win something at the end of it. Win what? What do you win? A what trophy. You, a a, a championship. Say you're the mid-season something champion? You can, something you can hang. No, it's not. It's something completely separate. I don't. I don't like it. Sorry, <laughs> Jeez, Jim. I'm old school. I'm the, this stuff. The has- season. I just said the season's long enough. We don't have to reinvent the wheel here. Um, I don't know what the NBA is, why they're doing it or thinking this way. Well, because they're trying to get in line with the, every other league across the world that competes for multiple championships. The also, the the reason it works in soccer, and you know, I'm a soccer guy, is because yeah. they play once a week. So there's hardly there's not enough games. So having a tournament in the middle of the season works well because you get the excitement of a tournament. When you're playing three to four regular season games a week for six months, what we need more? I think you all you would do is add potentially two games. It's a mean. So okay. I'm talking so about the what Jets I was talking win about this tournament in January. They win it. Yeah, that's great. What are you, you going crazy? You having a parade? You, you're going to, hey, we got a banner. What are you doing? And then, yeah, the, why and not then, a banner? And then you go back to the regular season? You, you go right back to the regular season. I'm not, I'm not buying it. You're not buying it. Okay, no. let's I see like, what the, like see what see the, the Olympics. Say. Brett and, says, we're also talking about, I, I, I'd love to see the Olympics. I think Canada and the States should have a summit series 
Every a pre- summit is, series interests me. Yeah. I don't know if I'd do it in the middle of the season, but no, at the no. start of the season or the end of a season, it Can, would have to be at the start of the season. Cancel the preseason for those guys. Those guys don't need the preseason anyways. They would be competing in that. Well, that, yeah. So well, just you, have you, that you keep the preseason, but whoever's on player, your team yeah. that's on this quote unquote summit series team, yeah. you just miss those players. Yeah, that's exactly right. They could just do it during the preseason. It would be huge. It would be it's huge. a one week, three team round robin. Russia, Canada, and the U.S.? No, it's just Canada and the U.S., in a, and they play four games, two in the States, two in Canada, wherever, and they go they go at it. And the winner, and you do it, you base it exactly like the Russian one. See, I would watch that, but I'm not, I'm not in the middle of January watching a hockey tournament that gets the Jets from fourth in their division to See, third in their division, thinking, celebrating that they won this tournament, and then going to game These guys are ultra-competitive, of course. Of course they're, it's going to be a celebration. And I promise you this, the players would not do this. The players would sit there and go, you know what? The season's long enough. The last thing I want to do is get into a tournament to win the mid-season tournament title and go back to the regular season. See, I would rather have a week off. You're looking at it from the perspective of, of you got to give it time to build. I'll give you all the time you want. I'm not watching it. You're not, oh, you'll watch it. I, I, I guarantee. <laughs> we go five years I down mean, the road. I'm going to watch it. You're going to watch it, and you're going to say this hey, is great. Hey, Josh, thanks for joining us today. How you feel about being the midseason tournament champion? You know when things get really oh, lame? awesome. You know, you know when things get... Get back get, to it by playing Philadelphia on Tuesday night. Why wouldn't you want to be the Canadian champion in something like this? Lift the Canada Cup. Why wouldn't that be something that would excite fans? Every year. Why wouldn't that be something that excites teams? Yeah, every year. Yeah, I, I'm champion. sorry. I just, I, and I'm old. I get it. I'm a traditionalist. Not, I, I'm not talking about old. That's nothing to do with old. You're not even that old. So like, how long would the tournament to... be? Two weeks? What do you do with the regular season? It's, and what do the rest regular, of the players? They're regular season games, but right, yeah, they yeah, add okay, towards yeah. this. Yeah, I don't like it. I'm sorry. Okay, you don't like I it. I don't want to. Uh, Brett says, I watch hockey even in the summer, just as I watch golf in the winter. That one from Brett. So he's watching hockey all year round. This well, texture says. I, I understand that, but you're in the minority. Yeah. You understand that by the time the Stanley Cup finals roll around in June, the ratings are I love abysmal. hockey. I cover hockey. My crew's hockey. And we I don't watch wanna, it. I don't, I, I'm yeah. the only guy in June watching it with you. Yeah. <laughs> now, that's you. different because it was Vegas and there yeah. was some Manitobans involved. But historically, the numbers show that by the middle of May towards the end of May, nobody's watching anymore. Okay. Let's take a break. Let's on the other side. We'll get your guys' thoughts. I'm interested to see. I'm interested to see what you guys are saying. I Really. And if you all disagree with me, that's fine. I don't care. I just, I, I don't like these mid-season, we need t- tournaments and, and these ideas During of the games. During the dog and- days of the season when it's just like game 51, it's good to throw something in there to get a little bit Play excited about. Play game 52. About. If it's the Olympics, it's fine because that's different, right? Yeah. That's best on best and everything like that. If it's just a tournament of what I'm actually already watching. Okay. But there's already so much excitement around Canadian when Canadian teams play up against each other. If they're competing for something, it's just a lot so more fun. So is it fun. game 53 of the regular season, or is it game one of the tournament, and then we're going to play game 50? Just play game no, 54. Can, why can't it be game one and game 53 at the same time? We'll be right back. Because it's ridiculous. Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. <laughs> well... Jim, I can only have because I'm getting absolutely roasted sound, uh, in the down. text groove. Yeah, no, uh, Alex says I agree with Jim. It's silly and not needed in hockey. Talking about a midseason tournament in the National Hockey League. Mike says, "Cam, who cares?" This texter says, "Ha ha, dumbest ideas for 500." Alex. <laughs> uh, this one's a little harsh. I can't find one. No one agree. I'm with Jim. That makes zero sense. How does the schedule work? It's dumb. 
Cam uh, going away from tendency. That's an awesome Doug Brownism. I think Cam is getting a cut of the pot. As long as the World Ooh, Cup is it? Is this why you're heavy on this? Don't I can't say anything. Three percent. As big as the World Cup in soccer, you don't watch World Club Championship. That texture says Cam's idea is hilarious. Cam, give it a rest. So annoying. Have a text poll while we're having that right now. Uh, Cam and Jim, people think way too hard about about these stupid ideas and gimmicks. Just get it back to the way it was when we were in the Olympics. All these outside ridiculous ideas just cheapen and diminish a traditional and classic sport. That one from Aaron. And Lou, and this one from Louie, he says, hey, gents, midseason tournament, dumb idea. I don't think I could drink enough to make this idea good, LOL. Well, I will just say this. In f- 10 years' time, when this is going on in the National Hockey League, you're all going to be sitting there and you're going to be enjoying it with me, and you're not going to think it's stupid, and you're not going to think I'm it's I'm going to call you and go, hey, do you want to go to game 53 of the regular? Oh, wait, I mean, I'm in game three of the midseason tournament. And then you're going to go, no, I can't, but I'll go to game 58 of the regular season with you next weekend. I don't know why this is so hard to grasp. (laughs) It's Uh, a great idea, and the National Hockey League is going to do what you just watched. Okay. And then. And you're all going to love it. One thing we didn't talk about today, but we're going to tomorrow or this week is the Alex DeBrincat four year deal, the Tyler Bertuzzi one year deal. Do you not circle back to Connor Hellebuck and maybe Mark Scheifling go, do you want a three year, $7.5 million deal? We'll talk about that tomorrow. This texture says, no one agrees with you, Cam. <laughs> Today. I don't care. Today. Because usually they agree with you. Uh, this texture says, ha ha, Cam's on fire. Uh, Jim's on fire today. No I, midseason well, tourney just, and no lacrosse goals. Well. It's enough. It's just, you know what? That's what hurts so much is just how right I am about this. Uh, and every period of this tournament has to end on a shootout goal. And then you get, a, get, you get an extra point for a buy into the second week let's of the second silly. season, to which means let's if not you can silly. put it between your it's legs, what I you get another bonus point that vaults you up a half percentage in the winning let's, percentage of the regular. Just play hockey. Let's not get silly here, okay? That's not all what right. I said. All, all right, Jim Toth is going to take you all the way until 3 o'clock. Great discussion. Thanks so much for the text message, guys. Never, ever accuse me of hiding negative text because <laughs> I just read a whole list of them and there wasn't one positive for me. Uh, thanks so much, Jeffrey Forte, for producing the show. That's it for me. I'll be back same time tomorrow. See ya. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB.